On today's episode of Senior Quotes, we have on guest Steve Bazaz. He's the color analyst for Mammoth U Basketball. That's on Shore Sports Network and ESPN3. And we also have a, an exclusive interview <laughs> with Syracuse basketball walk-on and CBA alum, yes, Sean Belby. Let's get into it. I really do. I really got it. Ain't no secret to it. If I did it, then I had to do it. Yo, yeah, what's up, bro? Hey, Sean, how's it going? I'm doing well. All right. Um, so I'm here with Aiden Broderick. He's the co-host on our show. Um, and also Mr. Bazaz, he's a new health teacher here, and he also coaches the JV basketball team. Um, uh, cool. So for our listeners, we're talking to Sean Belby. He is a player on the Syracuse basketball team, the Sweet 16 yes, sir. Syracuse basketball team, we should add. So, uh, Sean, how are you feeling right now? It's <laughs> got to be exciting, man. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, you know, I haven't gotten much sleep uh, in the past <laughs> week. Uh, everything's kind of been crazy. Um, you know, we won our first playing game in, uh, in Dayton. Uh, you know, we had to fly right to Detroit. We didn't get into, into Detroit until around 5 a.m. Wow. And then we had to play uh, two days later. Uh, you know, but uh, it's been, everything's going okay. Uh, and everything's going really well for us, so uh, I'm happy to be here, though. Well, yeah, definitely. I mean, you guys were a team that not a lot of people saw getting in originally. Yeah. I mean, I was rooting for Notre Dame to get in, but you guys <laughs> managed to pull it off and defied everyone's expectations with the wins you've been having. Why do you think you guys keep advancing? Um, I mean, we had a really up-and-down season, and uh, obviously, you know, no one thought we were going to even make the tournament, and, uh, you know, to be the last team in was was surprising to us and obviously to everybody else, but, um, you know, we've been playing really well in the defensive end, and uh, that's that's why we've been so successful. So the, the teams in the tournament, you know, haven't seen our zone, so that that's uh, where we've been playing well. Yeah, you bring up defense. Syracuse is known for that zone D. Um, it's, it's been working, too. I think it's a big surprise to teams to randomly just get hit with a zone like that in the middle of a tournament. Mm. Uh, what it, what do you think? Why do you think it works so well? Um, it's just I haven't seen it before. Um, you know, um, besides from the the teams in the ACC, no one else has any familiar uh, familiarity with our zone and well, the length of our zone uh, is what makes it so special. Um, and you know, Coach Bayham is always uh, making adjustments. You know, our, our zone is different each and every game. So uh, other teams, they don't know what's coming, and um, they they just never seen anything like it. So it's hard for them to adjust to it. Definitely. Hey, Sean, it's Aiden Broderick talking. Um, you just brought up Coach Beheim. I was gonna ask. I think um, Syracuse is a team that, like, whether or not you're looking that great during the regular season, Coach Beheim gets you guys all focused in and locked into a playoff mentality, if you will, for March Madness. So if you could talk to us a bit about playing for him, what do you think about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely. Um, you know, we kind of had a similar thing in 2016. Um, you know, we weren't supposed to make the tournament, ended up getting a 10 seed and, and then going to the Final Four. So um, this year is something similar. Um, but, you know, once you make a tournament like this when you're not supposed to get in, you just want to prove everybody wrong. And um, I think we've done that so far. And Co- Coach has done a great job of, you know, preparing us for every game and uh, making sure that we believe that we can win every game. And, um, you know, going into that Michigan State team, Michigan State game, where you know they were one of the best teams in the country all year long. Um, a couple guys, you know, they didn't even think we could win that game. 
we decided to you know, play well and uh, ultimately uh, we, we ended up being at uh, Michigan State the other day. Sean, this is Coach Bazaz. How are you? I'm good. How's it going? Good, man. So uh, a long time ago, I was a walk-on at Monmouth University back in uh, 2006, and, and we won the NEC and then went to the playing game uh, and won the playing game and then went to the tournament and played Villanova in the first round uh, as a 116 game. Uh, just, I'm curious about your experience as a walk-on. Uh, that was my experience in college, and it, it was the greatest experience of my life, and making the tournament made it that much better. Uh, how has it been for you in your time at Syracuse, and how, um, how do you see your role uh, as a walk-on and some of the things that you've learned in your career there? Um, I mean, my experience so far has been amazing. Uh, you know, freshman year, coming in, not knowing what to expect, um, having an up-and-down season and going to the Final Four is nothing I've ever even dreamed of. Um, but in my experience as a walk-on is, is like nothing else. Um, I'm basically a scholarship player. It's just that my parents pay for me to go to school here. Um, I, I do everything the scholarship players do. I get everything the scholarship players get or, or, or you know, uh, yeah. money for food after the game, stuff mm -hmm. like that, you know, flying on the, flying on the private jets, you know, uh, everything. Um, so, you know, the walk-ons kind of go under the radar. Uh, people don't know. People kind of just think we're like, you know, we're like dogs out there. We just do what we're told, but um, do a lot more people expect, and um, especially in game, you know, I, um, in practice, I have a huge role and stuff like that um, with the guys. And um, right now, um, you know, our second-string point guard um, towards ACL earlier this season. So I'm actually, I'm technically the second-string point guard. For, <laughs> there, we yeah. there we go. There we go, Belly. Come on. <laughs> for a 316 team. So, um, you know, every day in practice, I'm, I'm running the point guard for the second string, which which our guys are actually getting in the game. Um, so, you know, I, I run the offense for them. We play we play five and five against the starting team. And I'm, I play in the scrimmage. Um, so I do a lot that people don't know that I actually do. And uh, it's been an unbelievable experience. And, you know, I'm just going to keep taking it in. Sean, I want to ask you something else now. Since you've been playing at a high level as a walk-on in college, how much better do you think you've gotten from the time that you were in high school? Um, I've gotten a lot better. Um, yeah. <laughs> playing against, yeah, playing against competition like this every single day, um, yeah. it's gonna get you a lot better. Um, Short conference win better. Uh, all the, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and then like obviously, you know, every day after practice, um, you know, we're in the weight room, stuff like that. So I've got lot better and better and stronger um and i i mean every day before practice i work out with the guards you know frank howard type battle stuff mm -hmm. like that so I'm, I'm going up against nba caliber type guards awesome. um so you know how could i not get better so um it's been, it's been unbelievable so coming up you guys got duke which is huge so what are your plans for guys like uh bagley and allen you know allen could be a, a role player at times and a star so what are you going to do to limit him as well um, I don't know. That's going to be tough. <laughs> uh, you know, the Duke game is going to be a tough game. Uh, you know, we played them earlier in the season, and when we took a took a tough loss. But you know, Barton Bagley is probably one of the best players in the country, if not the best player. You know, probably number one pick. And uh, I mean, there's not much you can do to slow him down. So I mean, we're just going to try and try and limit his touches, and then hopefully, like you know, the zone will bother him a little bit. So we'll see. You know, we'll see what happens.
Awesome. So here on Senior Quotes, we kind of have our own game type situation. So I want to play a little game with you, Sean. Oh, wow. uh, we're doing plead the fifth, basically. So you're going to either tell the truth or plead the fifth on these questions, all right? Wow. All right. <laughs> so uh, who's more handsome, Grayson Allen or Dolezal? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> All right, good, good answer. Who's the better wow. future NBA player, Marvin Bagley or Tyus Battle? Tyus Battle. There we nice. go. Good answer. Who, who <laughs> has the greater legacy, Bayheim or Coach K? Wow. Bayheim. Yeah. All right, last one. Better NBA player, Carmelo Anthony or Kyrie Irving? There we go. Cues all <laughs> the way. Awesome. So we know you got practice, uh, Sean, so we're going to let you go. Thank you for taking the time to be a guest, and you're officially on our Mount Rushmore of awesome guests. Oh, real quick, Sean, you were a guru in my religion class, so I knew you since freshman year. You weren't my guru, but you know my friends still remember that, and Coleman and I are both gurus now, so this is a CBA type thing, not really sports, but that's such an awesome program. Yeah. And Actually, real quick, yeah, what were your thoughts awesome. on doing that? Yeah. Yeah, congrats. I mean, that's awesome. My, my experience as a guru was, uh, was a lot of fun. I hope you guys are enjoying it, too. Yeah, it's been great. It's a blast, yeah, for so sure. Fun. Probably helps a lot with leadership towards the team as well, right? Yeah, for sure, yeah. Tell, uh, tell Mr. O'Connor to... Oh, I, I almost forgot. He says hi. <laughs> Mr. O'Connor told me to tell you that he says hi. You tell him I said what's up. You know, I'm sorry about records. You know, they didn't have to oh. do <laughs> All right, Sean, thank you so much for joining us. It's been, it's been an honor. It's yeah, been awesome. Guys. Yeah, good luck. Good luck, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yep, thanks for having me, guys. No problem. Yeah. What's up, guys, and welcome to episode 11 of the Senior Quotes Podcast, brought to you by Crunch Time Sports. I'm your host, Aiden Broderick. I'm joined by Jack Coleman and Coach Steve Bizaz. So, Coach, how are you doing? I'm doing great, guys. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, um, I'm really looking forward to this because we missed our last episode. We missed, uh, we got snowed out. A lot of snow. There's been a lot of snow. We got snowed out on last week's episode. We're recording this after school in case we get snowed out again tomorrow. And we just want to talk about March Madness. Uh, It's one of the best times of the year for sports, and we've already seen some crazy upsets in the first two rounds. So we prepared some quotes about that. Um, Real I've quick, got, yeah, go. I'll I'll start with just recapping our show. Please do, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So for any first time listeners, this is Senior Quotes. Aiden and I come on the show with three quotes prepared, and the other person has to guess who said it or what's it what's it about to get a half point for each. Whoever has the most points at the end of uh, excuse me, the <laughs> end of the episode wins for that day. And uh, Coach Bizaz here is gonna maybe throw in some help. Here, there. Yeah, we, we sometimes have some lifelines. We also use the guest as a judge, maybe, on whether sure. or not to award the points. So, well, we give a lot of half points, and we've had some criticism for that, <laughs> but we give some half points. So, that's what we'll get to. Um, I was telling Coach before the episode, but Jack is 5-4 and four on the year, on uh, in this season, and I'm 4-5. and five, But I can tie it up. Uh, we did have that one tie. Maybe it was the Pat Light episode. I forget which one, but... Other than that... No, that was our perfect game episode. Oh, the perfect game, perfect right. Game. We both got uh, all three right. That was pretty cool. So this yeah. is a big big episode for you. It's Maybe. a big for episode you. for me, because if I lose this one, I slip back a bit. We don't have that many episodes left. I'm, feeling, right. I'm feeling a little confident. Yeah? Today. Oh, wow. All right. I got well, a tricky one. Yeah, I, I went pretty straightforward. Let's get into it. I'll, I'll start with my sure. first one. I'll go with... Uh, I'll get my NFL one out of the way, because uh, I'll save my two March Madness ones. Here we go. 
They had an interest to move up and kind of went back and forth over the last four or five days. We talked to a couple other teams, but we still wanted to stay in position in that top 10 where we could still get a premium player. We feel like at number six, we'll still be able to get a premium player. Yeah, so I know for a fact that this is the Colts. Okay. Um, don't look it up. Who's their GM? I don't, I don't know <laughs> off the top. All right. So it's Chris Ballard. Uh, you, I'll give you the point. I'm feeling generous today. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I knew it was their GM. So. All right. Let's talk about this trade real quick because I think this is the only NFL one of the episode. It's and big though, big news. There was um, a lot of opinions about this one from both sides. Uh, we're both Giants fans, so we don't have too much of a personal opinion on this one. But I do. Oh, never mind. All right, <laughs> but for the Jets, let me get let me get my take out of that. For the Jets, I felt like this is a move that they had to make in order to get their quarterback the future. Because if the Giants trade down or if they decide to pick a quarterback. There's one off the board, and the Browns are most likely taking one at number one. So with two off the board, the Jets, well, they'll be able to get what we think is one of the trio of good quarterbacks, or not good, but great prospects in this class. So was the price tag a little bit high? I'd say yes, but that's what you have to do, or what do you have to give up to even move up three spots for a franchise quarterback? So I do think the price was somewhat justified for what they're gonna get. So my total take on it, and looking at it as a Giants fan as well, I do believe that the Browns now, because of this move, will be going for a quarterback to secure that they get their yeah. choice of quarterback. Now, the Giants don't necessarily have to. They can go for Barkley, which I've been a fan of. I know you're not a huge fan we'll of that move. We'll discuss it, yeah, yeah. But, and especially as we get closer to the draft, yeah. we definitely will talk on it. I'll talk, touch on it. But I definitely like Saquon at the two. And now, here's the problem. So the Jets can mess this up. As the Jets can mess up, have messed up a lot in history. Hmm. So if they go for Rosen, if the Giants don't get Barkley, I think that's a sound move. I think he's the most NFL ready out of this draft class. Okay. But I think the Jets, and I've talked to a couple of Jets fans in my own family, and they're saying they're looking more towards Josh Allen. And for me, I find Josh Allen is one of those guys that'll be more of a bust. I really don't believe too much in him. Okay. He can prove me wrong. I mean, everyone's just been saying how big he is. I really don't know how that's going to translate. Got, he's got a cannon. That's his main attribute. Sure. He's got the I size just, and If the there's cannon, yeah. anyone that will get a bust, it'll be the Jets. And if there's anyone that could be a bust, I think it's Josh Allen. So the stars are aligning here. <laughs> and they just have to be careful with this pick. Yeah, um, yeah. And I also think the Colts are going to get... Whoever they want to get at the three anyway. They wanted Bradley Chubb, the defensive end from Georgia, I'm not totally sure, mm-hmm. but um, they'll probably get him at number six because it seems like everybody right now in the top five are looking at either Barkley or a quarterback. So they should be fine at six. I think the Jets made a good move, guys. And I, I agree. I think people are pessimistic about the Jets because they're the Jets and exactly. they usually seem to mess these things up. Um, but I think they moved up to prevent another team from jumping in front of them like the Bills. Um, who are also in their division. Um, yeah. so I think they did what they had to do. And if they have a guy that they really like uh, and they had some extra picks that they could they could trade away, then I, I kind of like what they're doing. If I was a Jets fan, I would be happy with their aggressiveness, that they, yeah. they like somebody and they targeted him. I'm a Giants fan too, guys, so we got three Giants <laughs> fans here. Uh, and I, have, um, I was convinced myself months back that we're going to get a quarterback to replace Eli. Um, and maybe not replace Eli right away, but right. be the next guy. But boy, I think I've just, I keep convincing myself that Saquon Barkley's a can't miss. Well, wait, wait, wait. so I'm not saying, <laughs> I'm not saying that Barkley's not a can't miss prospect, but I'll get into it in a second on what I sure. think we should do. 
Actually, I'll get into it right now because I do have a personal opinion on this trade. It's great for the Giants no matter what because you mentioned the Buffalo Bills might want to trade up. They have two first-round picks in 2018. They have two second-round picks in 2018. They have their 2019 first-round pick. All six of those picks could come to the Giants for the second overall pick. Trading back is just as viable of an option for this team as selecting Saquon Barkley or a quarterback. And my quick take on Josh Rosen as well, I did want to wait till he finished there. Yep. His injury proneness is that one red flag. Because otherwise, I think he is the most polished I quarterback. I also think that outside of football, uh, he's a media character that will yeah. bode well, especially in New York. Mm. So whether it be the Jets or the Giants, I think that will be a problem. But apparently, he, his teammates don't really I, like him. Like UCLA yeah. players, they, they don't like. We're him. not a fan of. I, him. I think the opposite of him, though. I, I think in some ways that his character and the fact that he's an educated guy mm. uh, and has an opinion on a lot of things, I think the opposite. I think that he'll love all the attention oh, from, the, from, yeah, the, from, yeah. The, from the New York media, and he might relish that, that he's got a chance to be in front of all, all the media and all the cameras, and, and you know that might motivate him to, to do yeah. even more. I agree with you on the same thing, though, that uh, his injury prone and he's had yeah. some concussions. You know, people have been saying that um, the fact that he's educated, he's opinionated, and his parents are rich mm. are all reasons why they don't want to draft him. <laughs> and I, I don't think that's fair to him at all. No, I, I agree with you there that I don't think that's fair. We like um, rich boys, right? <laughs> well, we just, <laughs> yeah. we're fine with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but as for the Giants, and it's tough to say right now, but with a team like the Bills who have two first-round picks to trade, and they are as desperate as anybody gets to get a quarterback. But the Broncos as well, they're sitting at five, and one move I think that would make sense to the Giants is to trade back just three spots, hope to get a similar haul to what the Colts just got out of the Jets, and pick maybe Quentin Nelson, or possibly Saquon Barkley, because we've heard the Browns might trade that fourth pick to another team like the Bills, right? So if this worked out, and it's hard to kind of set this up, but we could see Browns, Broncos, Jets, Bills all take quarterbacks, because Baker Mayfield's in there too. Mayfield, Darnold, Allen, Rosen. Mm -hmm. Giants could get Barkley at five and get some more draft capital. I just feel like there's a lot that has to fall into place there, and it's all kind of risky, especially with the Giants' situation right now. I think if we stay at the two and get either Rosen or Barkley, I'm perfectly fine mm. with it. Otherwise, I don't know. I feel like a lot has to fall into place. We'll see what happens. I'm trusting Gettleman. I've actually liked what he's done so far. I, I like it too, and to talk about your point, Aiden, about – you know, if all these teams move up and you yeah. have uh, Browns, Broncos, Jets, Bills, and the Giants end up going back to five and getting Barkley, yeah. then Gettleman should be, like, enshrined in Giant floor <laughs> yeah. because yeah. That, is, that is a dream scenario. Totally. And, of course, you also add more picks. Totally. So there's also been talk that Lamar Jackson could fall to the second round. I don't know how far if the Giants would be able to snatch him up, but that if so we do get Barkley with the second, that, I don't think it's the worst move. I've seen Lamar Jackson go as high as 10 in mock drafts, or even higher, because teams want quarterbacks. They'll take Lamar Jackson. I've heard Mason Rudolph going in the first round, because yeah. that's how desperate teams are for a quarterback. And not to take anything away from Rudolph, but he's not the quality no, prospect not. that the other five are. Yeah. You know? But it'll be interesting. Um, I mean, I can't wait for the draft. That's one of my favorite times in sports, but I think we should start talking about March Madness as well. Yeah. I mean, I have three March Madness quotes. Oh, awesome. So it's great. Just be I'm a little of, worried, though, because I don't, you I don't know. You should. Oh, great. All right. Yeah. I'm just going to start out. <laughs> well, first of all, I think they are young men who have great faith in each other and faith in God firstly. They have great faith in each other. They like each other. They are a team, and if somebody isn't very hot that day, somebody else picks up, and that's happened so often. Who all said right. it? Who's it about? So 
just based off of that, and this may not be totally true, but this sounds like what a coach at a Catholic or Christian school would say. Um, and obviously the biggest one in the news right now would be Loyola Chicago for their upsets. But you've got Gonzaga, you've got Villanova, you've got all these good teams. I'm going to go with, I don't, know, I don't know his name, but the coach of Loyola Chicago. So I'll give you half a point because it is Loyola Chicago. Oh, is it Sister Jean? It's Sister Jean. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so half point because I I normally would have given it to you, but I said God and that's faith fine. so that's much fine. in there. I no. figured you may be able to get it. I wasn't sure, but the celebrity that is Sister Jean. Jack, you want to talk about yeah. it first? Yeah. So this has been a crazy team in this tournament. Yeah. Just like UMBC was a wild win against Virginia, this team has had some amazing wins as well. They had the 64-62 to 62 win over Miami. Dante Ingram hit the shot at the end. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, they were on an 11-game winning streak going into that first game or after that first game, something like that. But they still have it. Right. Then the 63-62 win over Tennessee. Clayton Custer, with, with 3.6 seconds left, hit the jump shot. Mm-hmm. And now they're playing Nevada, which, again, a really wild team who had that comeback oh, win against Cincinnati. points or something, yeah. So we're set up for an awesome whether it be a comeback game or a close game down to the line, this game is one of the must-watch of March. I think so, too. Uh, it's a 7 versus 11. That's not what you usually think is Never. a must-watch game, but they've been such a awesome, just such a fun team to watch. And, I mean, I remember watching the Loyal Chicago game before, the first one against Miami, before it even was close and to the end. I mean, it was close, but I guess before the big ending. And they were already, not hyping up, but talking about Sister Jean, the 98-year-old team chaplain. And you already had um, something to root for for this team, you know, that Twitter was buzzing about before the game reached halftime, you know? Well, Sister Jean is that magical, <laughs> I guess, I don't know, counter piece to that team where okay. they can't lose. Like, uh, if you have someone like Sister Jean, it's <laughs> like, oh, they're destined to win. They're destined to go to the Final Four or something like that. I mean, um, yeah. But I will say, Sister Jean does have them getting out in this. I wanted 16. to say that. That's, <laughs> yeah. in, in her main bracket, in yeah. her, you know, Loyola Chicago, when she has them winning at all. Right. But, Who does she yeah. have them losing to? I don't think uh, Nevada. Don't it's yeah, so there you it's, go. It's probably not Nevada. Yeah. I think uh, this is an interesting matchup, guys, and it's a fact that it's two mid-majors who are you yeah. know, similarly put together. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you see mid-majors in the tournament, uh, they're typically veteran teams. Uh, that have played together for for a few years, mm-hmm. and sometimes they have transfers from other uh, high major schools. Yeah. Uh, I know Loyola has, uh, I think, one transfer from a high major, and Nevada has a few of them, one from Purdue and a couple from NC State. Mm-hmm. So uh, they have guys who are not only veterans, but guys who have played at higher levels. That's why mid-majors are scary to play against in the yeah. tournament, and a lot of these uh, higher conference teams have one-and-done guys or have younger guys. So when you play against teams who are talented, um, and veterans and have experience playing together, they can be a scary matchup. And uh, both those teams, I think, are similar in the fact that they have multiple guys at multiple positions who can shoot the ball from the outside. Yeah, I think not only that, but it's that, um, shoot, I'm going to forget the word, but just underestimation. Yeah, you're not expecting these guys to show up, or if you're a um, top five, power five conference team, you know, who walks in there saying, we're going to beat Loyal Chicago, who the hell is Loyal Chicago? And then you walk out of there losing by one on a crazy shot, right? right? That's so, when pressure sets in, exactly. and we saw that uh, with Kentucky, or we saw that with Arizona, yeah. Uh, yeah. and we really saw that with Virginia. Uh-huh. Is that when you play in a tournament and you're a higher seeded team and you're not supposed to be in a close game? Yeah. When you are in a close game, that's when the pressure starts to really mount, yeah. and you see it. 
if you're in a close game and you're the 13 seeder, if you're whatever you are, you know, if you're the lower, the underdog in that game, there's no pressure on you. Yeah. You think it's halftime and we're tied or we're up. That's all on us. And Let's keep it going. You, you have know? everything to fight for. Yeah. Because guys at Nova, or excuse me, Virginia, or what was the other one we said? Um, Arizona. Arizona. Arizona, like DeAndre Ayton. Like, these guys are basically going to the NBA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, there's no pressure right, to win right, right, right. a tournament. You, there's so many NBA players that didn't win a tournament mm-hmm. and still have very successful careers. So for these guys who are no names, who I didn't even know this was a team until this month. It's true, yeah. They have everything to play for, and they're going to put it all on the line. This is the last time that some of these guys will ever play basketball ever again in their lives. Well, uh, on, a, on a high stage, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you can pick up a basketball. Yeah. Oh, I know. You know, I took it literally. <laughs> Competitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know. But yeah, it's a very good point, and it's that effort level, because if you're Virginia and one seed's never lost to a 16 seed before, you don't expect to lose. You walk in there, it's never happened before, and you get caught off guard by a team like UMBC, and to a lesser extent, Miami getting caught off guard by how well loyal Chicago played throughout that entire game. So, you know. I think also the arena starts to turn on you too. So, so true. When, yeah. and, and Jay Wright was quoted in saying, actually, the, the team that I was on at Monmouth uh, in 06, we played them very close. It was a 116 game. We were down seven with like four and a half minutes left. And we were playing in Philadelphia, which is, oh, wow. you know, where Villanova is and, and playing basically on their home floor at the Wachovia Center right. at the time. And the arena did turn on Villanova. Everybody was cheering <laughs> for Mammoth, And uh, the same thing happens. We saw it with UMBC. And that was totally. exciting. And uh, even though they lost against Kansas State, the effort that those guys played with yeah. was, was incredible. Yeah. It's all you. I, I was just going to say I think we should head into your next quote. Ah, well, let's do that then. Yeah. So I'll get into my first basketball one as well. Um, This isn't actually, well, it's about the tournament, but here. I've been preparing most of my life to join the NBA, and that time has come for me now. In the end, I have to make the decision that I believe is best for me, but it doesn't mean I do so without a heavy heart. Okay. Um, This is definitely someone declaring for the NBA. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That's just kind of vague because there's a lot of players declaring. Well, I'll I'll help you a bit here, but I'm not going to tell you any teams or anything. But, I mean, it's somebody who's out of the tournament already. Yeah. uh, That was completely looking towards the draft. Yeah. Well, I have two guys in mind. I have either DeAndre Ayton or Trey Young. Okay. And I thought Trey Young first, so I'm going to go with Trey Young, especially since that was recent, I think, yesterday. He declared, or it, maybe it was even tonight. I don't, I don't know. Um, it was yesterday. It was, yesterday. It was Trey Young. So yeah. you get the point there. I'll give you a full. I mean, you need a little bit of help there, but not too much. Uh, Trey Young, let's talk about how Oklahoma did in their game because the I had Oklahoma winning that first round. I didn't have them beating Duke. But, you know, everybody's saying that's crazy. URI is such a better team. Oklahoma just has the better one player. So that's how it went down. URI showed up, and they, you know, Took care of him. I don't know. Late in that game, I saw Trey Young making plays that involved his entire team. Well, he does that. I mean, of I course mean, he was taking bomb shots that, yeah. you know, were in the other team's, you know, paint. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I saw him making great passes. I saw him working around other people, and it looked like they could eventually pull out a win there. It's just, you know, a team like URI hits three-point shots, very timely three-point shots at that and they're able to get a win there. I mean, you have to remember that Trey Young not only led the NCAA in points, but also assists. You know, he's he's a talented passer, like you said, but that doesn't mean that the rest of Oklahoma had the talent or the chemistry, I think, even, that URI had in that game, you know? So that's, I thought when I watched that game that URI was the better team, but it's it's true. You can't, you can't look past Trey Young's talent, and I think he is destined to have 
a pretty solid career in the NBA. I, I would agree that uh, I think Trey Young was in some ways out on an island this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he had a lot to do for his team. There's no way they should have been in the tournament. Uh, yeah. However, with, with that said, he, they're put in the tournament because of Trey Young, mm-hmm. because he's a guy who's going to sell tickets and, yeah. and get ratings because people want to watch him. And the URI Oklahoma game was interesting because Trey Young was in the game. Uh, and I, I watched as much of the game as I could while I was, of course, you know, inspiring, inspiring the students here at, <laughs> at the academy. Yes. Um, but I, I watched some of that game in and out, and uh, I thought Trey Young made some plays. We were like, wow, this kid's going to be really good. Just wait till you put a team around him right, exactly. where he can find guys, and he's actually going to get open shots, and guys aren't trapping him, and guys aren't draped all over him. Uh, at the same time, I think URI uh, – by the way, URI was like a tip in away from losing that game. That game went to overtime. Yeah. Oklahoma yeah. almost pulled it out. Yeah. So That's a good point. Yeah, I – sorry, I don't mean to cut you yeah, off sure, real quick. No. I completely forgot about that, you know, because, like, I just looked past it, and I think the final score was a little bit in URI. Like, it wasn't a one- or mm-hmm. two-point game, but that's right. It went to OT. Yeah, so yeah. looking ahead for Trey Young's career, a couple of mock drafts I've had, my Knicks taking him. Okay. And I'm unsure how I feel about that. Um I think he is a good shooter to put into that Knicks offense, but we're heavy laden with guards. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if – I think if he works on his passing and the playability that I saw late in that game with guys like Porzingis or even Cantor, if he stays around, I don't know. I think it could maybe work. And, hey, if he does miss bomb shots in the NBA, <laughs> you know, we got some great big men to rebound. True. So I mean, I do I think remember, it could work out. Sorry, I, uh, I do remember when you first showed me that, because I'm a Nets fan, so I don't really care about these top guys right now. Uh, <laughs> no chance of getting them this year. But um, you weren't really that satisfied with seeing Trey Young to the Knicks, but you know, you're know, you set on a guy like Michael Bridges or Mikhail Bridges, who's yeah. an awesome forward, and that fits the Knicks a little bit better probably. But I think um, Coach made a great point. When you put a team around Trey Young, it's just like putting other receivers around exactly. Odell Beckham Jr. You can't just focus on one guy anymore. In college, if Oklahoma only had Trey Young as their one scoring um, weapon, you know they just focus the defense on him. That's how you game plan. And my other thought is I don't want to miss Trey Young. Okay. Because mm-hmm. we barely by I think a pick we were one pick below Steph Curry one pick mm. yeah and I don't want this to be the other way around where we're one pick above yeah. Trey Young you don't want to be like the we miss out yeah. on an amazing talent yeah the Timberwolves had back to back picks um to pick Steph Curry and they took two guards Ricky Rubio and Johnny Flynn Johnny so, Flynn they yeah. took Johnny Flynn Ricky yeah Rubio oh, I love Ricky Rubio I like yeah. Rubio too but they they did take Johnny Flynn you're yeah, right about that, that. I remember and then the John, the, I was I was a big Steph Curry fan. Uh, coming out of school, I never thought he would be this good, though. Right, right. Uh, but I loved him. I picked Davidson to go to the Elite Eight that year. I was really uh, pumped up, uh, you know, that they did that. And yeah. Steph Curry was coming out. Uh, I can't believe Steph Curry, this guy I love watching in college, is going to come to an, I'm the Knicks fan, too. Yeah, yeah. So I'm so excited that, that the Knicks are going to get him. And then, of course, he gets picked the pick before. And the Knicks take – do you guys remember who the Knicks took the next pick? Oh, um, he was um, when he went to Arizona. No. I'm not going to get it because uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Hill? Jordan, Jordan Hill. Hill. Yeah, the Knicks took Jordan, Jordan Hill, Hill. And wow, he ended up not being um, you know, much of a, of a, Curry, of a player. Yeah. Something more recent that kind of reminded me of this, like the way I felt, yeah. even though now it worked out a lot better, was when we missed Jaleel Okafor by a pick. He was and the got pick Porzingis. Before, yeah. before us, I think. Yep. And we got Porzingis. And yeah. at the time, not knowing who Christos Porzingis was, I was like, There's oh, we were so close to getting Okafor. Why did the 76ers take him? They have yeah. two other big men. There's yeah. no need. But that worked, worked out. That, that worked, worked out, out really big well. Time. I'm, I'm kind of on the fence about Trey Young to the Knicks. Uh, I agree with you, Jack, and the fact that if you miss 
Steph Curry again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that, that would really uh, hurt. Uh, I just wonder if there's just a logjam at point guard. Uh, mm-hmm. Nil was drafted as a point guard, but I know there's talk maybe he's not really a point and he's more of a two. I'd rather him be uh, a two. But I, I like Nil I still think he has a chance to develop. I know they brought in Moutier, too. What's well, Moutier's position? He's kind of a tweener as well. Yeah. Burke's uh, been pretty good as a three-point Trey, shooter, too. I love Trey Burke I, in college as well, yeah. and he's and he's another one. So The chemistry with the Michigan players going on. we got yeah. some Arnold yeah. Jr., yeah. too. So. Where do you go? That's a tough one. I, I, feel, I still feel like Nil was drafted as a point guard. I want to see him get a chance there to, yeah. to be the point, and I, he's a. I think he's going to project as an elite defender at that position, oh, yeah. which the Knicks haven't had since you know the nineties. Yeah. All right, Jack. You want to get to your yeah, second sure. Um, this is a pretty short quote. So right. we were just running things, and I found myself hot. Oh, it's a rough. Uh, one. I told you I came to play today. Dude. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go. My last one yet. I'm just gonna take. I'm just gonna take my first instinct. All right, Jarris Lyles, UMBC. No, <laughs> I was actually my second quote was gonna be a UMBC quote. Yeah. So you're in the ballpark, but gotcha. it was actually I'm drawing a blank on his first name. It's Divincenzo. Oh, for on no, Villanova. Dante. Yeah. Dante Divincenzo on Villanova. Well, I would never got that. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I watched that game. He was on fire in the first half. He had 18 points. He was just bombing threes. Um. And he's just one of many players on that Villanova team that show that this is Villanova's tournament to lose. I think they've been outstanding to beat. I mean, it's Radford, but they beat them by it was eighty-seven to sixty-one. Okay. They beat Bama eighty-one to fifty-eight. That's I thought the Colin, you yeah, look at. yeah, I thought Colin Sexton would have been better than that in a matchup against Villanova. I still think he's a pretty elite player, mm-hmm. uh, but things just didn't go his way. And next, they play West Virginia. I think Carter is a really good player on that team. He's a more senior player. He takes good shots. His defense is fantastic. The press of that team is something to worry yeah. about. Um, but in this tournament right now, they're the safest team. They're the hottest team. And with solid rebounding and three-point shooting that they have, I don't know. It's theirs to lose, like I said. Yeah, well, it's crazy to say that they're only one of two number one seeds left in the tournament, and we're only two rounds in. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't think we've ever – I mean, I'm sure it's happened before, but – no 16 seeds ever beat a one seed, so this is a historic March Madness. But yeah, I, I would don't know agree. If Kansas is just heating up at the right time or not. Well, I, I like Kansas. I mean, know, I, it seems like it right now, but yeah. earlier in this tournament, I really didn't have confidence in them. I like Kansas, but I'd agree with you. Villanova would be my favorite out of the Sweet 16 to go all the way, and I think, like you said, it's their tournament to lose because they're such a well-built team and they've had such a tremendous season. You know that the pressure they might be feeling it now. It's all on them. You know. Well, I'm hoping things may return to normality in this tournament. I mean, not really. I, know. I love yeah. other stuff going on. <laughs> yeah. But if there's a Villanova-Duke championship, you know at the end of the day, these teams that deserve to be, that should, not deserve, should be there, yeah. end up there. I think it'd be. I think that would be a Final Four matchup. Yeah. But even oh, so, bad, yes, even so right. that would be an awesome game to watch. Um, um, I think those are the two teams who have kind of um, put themselves in position uh, yeah. and have said, like, we're the two teams to beat right now yeah. with Villanova and Duke, especially with Michigan State going down. Yeah. So yeah. Now, now Duke has to play uh, Syracuse. And no offense to, to <laughs> Sean Delby, but I would I would assume that Duke would probably rather play um, Syracuse than Michigan State with Definitely. with the year that Michigan State had. Um, the left side of the bracket is, is seeming to me that it's going to be either Gonzaga or Kentucky, both teams with great size and um, Kentucky has gotten the <laughs> right path for them to get to the Final Four. Yeah, I like Kentucky a lot, actually. They're a five seed. Um, 
they just have they have a really cool team in my opinion because it is a team that's heating up at the right uh, right time. Uh, yesterday I watched the thirty for thirty called One and Done about John Calipari. Great thirty for thirty. I love awesome Calipari. Awesome yeah, it's another you know good timing for that. And I've never cheered for a blue blooded team like Kentucky. I'm a UNC fan, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that'll change with wherever I go to college next year. But even still, I've never cheered for you know a Duke or a Kentucky and those kinds of teams. But this year, seeing them as a five seed instead of their usual one or two position, it's cool to see Calipari coach a team at that seeding. You know, he probably probably has not done that since his Memphis days. So I also bring up Nova because we kind of touched on this, but Macal Bridges is on that team. Right. And although I've kind of championed Trey Young here, I do think Macal Bridges is the perfect fit for that Knicks team. He slides right in at that small forward position, and everything is kind of balanced out. We still have all our guards. You still have Hardaway. You have yeah. him as a two. Bridges at the three. Porzingis four. Cancer five. Hopefully everything yeah. can just mesh together. But then again... Is Trey Young the bigger superstar long term? Well, that's the question. Yeah, you can't really say that yet. But um, who do you like more, small forward between the two Bridges? Uh, they're not brothers. They're not family. But between Miles and uh, Mikael, what do I'm you a, think? I'm actually a big fan of Mikael Bridges. Yeah. I like the way he works in game for Nova. It, actually, in that Bama game, he didn't score the entire first half, and then second half went off and dropped twenty. It's yeah. just actually, I mean, shout out Scotty Lewis here. I mean, it's a little <laughs> icy relationship right now between <laughs> CBA and Scotty Lewis, but. Um, I saw the other day he had something on Instagram that said like he is the most uh, I don't know if he said explosive player in this tournament or NBA ready player in this tournament. Yeah, but that's a hot take. That's, that's a hot yeah. take. But that's hey, speaking of hot takes, oh. I'm right about my first one of this tournament that UNC was going to be out in the 32. <laughs> yeah. I did think it was going to be Providence that did it, but I still thought that it was going to be that because UNC was streaky, Luke May was also streaky totally. that they would get out. So. Yeah. One for two here. My other is that Michigan makes the Final Four. And yeah, they're still in it. They After are. That, still a lot. Yeah, and amazing shot. Yeah, and they stole that game because I thought Houston deserved to win. No offense, Jack. But <laughs> oh, I Houston. thought I yeah. thought Houston deserved to win. Jean's out here praying for me to Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they stole that one, Michigan. But, hey, good for them. They put themselves in an opportunity and yeah. ran a nice play. They called timeout at a half court. Uh, and then nice sideline out of bounds there. And the kid got a shot knocked yeah. it down. Another great ending to another great game. But here's my final quote. Um, I don't think I can win because you have two points. I think I have like point five. My last one's rough too. Yeah, whatever. Uh, (laughs) And here's another another softball. Uh, We put our name on the map. We gave hope to teams that come to the tournament with lower seeds. Tell me which player this is too. What team and what player? Well, it's UMBC. And I'm I'm drawing a blank on the guy's name. It's like Lyles. Or I already like, said that. I already said Lyles. It's oh, the, so it's someone else. The Puerto Rican-born KJ Mora. They're okay. like five foot eight point guard. Oh, and oh he's yeah. Just, that, guy, that guy's awesome. Just another he's, underdog story there because, uh, and no pun intended, they're the Retrievers. <laughs> yeah, but they were they were so fun to watch. And we I watched that entire Virginia UMBC game. I was up in Vermont on a you know a little ski trip, but I made sure to watch that game around dinner time because. For some reason, you know, like after seeing the first few minutes, I was like, holy crap, they're in this game, man. Yeah. And they pulled so far away with it, too. So my my take on that game was, first of all, I have a weird relationship with UMBC. Oh. Because in our guidance office, we have a bunch we, of flags and banners handing yeah. for all the different colleges. And all throughout this year, I have seen UMBC retrievers. <laughs> and I've been like... Where is UMBC? Yeah. What is that? I'm like, I've never heard of the Retrievers. And this this has been a constant thing all year. <laughs> and I see them make the tournament, and I'm like, no way. Yeah, yeah. And when they go and win this game against Virginia, I'm like, this is crazy. Like, this is the team. I had no idea. That's and, he came out, and now 
We know all about. I was thinking like, I was thinking like, I recognize that logo. Like yeah. I don't know where. And then like the day I got back to <laughs> yeah. school and I walked by and I was like, holy, wow, they have that banner too. Yeah, yeah. that is. It's pretty that's amazing, funny. guys. And um, momentum and pressure in college oh, sports, uh, it, it really can can carry a team or uh, can kill, t- kill, kill a team. Yeah. And I think we saw that in that game. Uh, UMBC had all the momentum. And Virginia's a team that obviously is known for their defense. Tony yeah. Bennett is an incredible yeah. uh, defensive coach. They've held teams into the 50s all year long. Right. Well, UMBC scored 53 points on them in the second half. Right, right, right. Which, it's incredible. Again, a 16 seed that scored 53 points on them in the second half. All the momentum, knocking down open shots. And uh, t- Tony Bennett, if I was bringing a quote into your show today, yeah, yeah, I would have brought in what Tony I, Bennett said. I want to say that, yeah. Because his, his quote was incredible about, uh, first, that his team got their, their butts whooped. Right. But then also, uh, you know, if you look at their season, they had some great highs. But when you step into the arena, uh, you can have some great things happen or you can have some pretty heartbreaking things yeah. happen. Uh, and he reiterated again that UMBC played a great game and Virginia got their butts whooped. I thought Tony Bennett was phenomenal after the game, and his quote with Tracy Wolfson was, was incredible. Yeah, that's what I want to bring up. I mean, first, when you said momentum, I can't stop thinking about the Nevada 22-point game. That too. So yep. that really proves that point. But yeah, Tony Bennett, um, that was one of the things trending after that game on Twitter and whatnot, because, you know, obviously the big story, UMBC pulled the upset off. Everyone wants to talk about the winner, but Tony Bennett goes out there super composed, and I'm sure he was frustrated behind the scenes, and who wouldn't be if you're a coach? of a one seed who just made history, right, for all the wrong reasons. But even so, he seemed, he took the completely perfect approach to that. Uh, When you see some of these college coaches, they're like CEOs of their, like, own company. And Tony Bennett, you look at him and you hear him talk and speak after the game and you see, okay, well, that's why he's so successful. And that's why Virginia always wins every year. It's because they have Tony Bennett as their leader. Uh, And you see a guy like that and you go, I know they lost and I know... Uh, Virginia is a team that is usually highly ranked, but they're not there. They never get one and dones. They never get McDonald's All-Americans. Yeah. He, he brings guys in that fit a system. Uh, and is another one of those guys, along with, in my opinion, Mike Bray, who seems to overachieve every year with the, with the guys that he gets and the guys that he can get into school. Love. Best coach in college basketball. He's a phenomenal yeah. coach. Love Mike Bray. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, so I, my last thing about this team was that I just loved how everyone got attached to them. I mean, of course, it's the one over or the sixteen over the one seed. So naturally, everyone's gonna root for these guys. Yeah. But the Twitter account was awesome. I followed it the next day. <laughs> it was hilarious. It was so funny. I actually read up on that guy in preparation for today's episode. I was thinking of maybe going with a quote from him. Uh, but yeah, he just said how his boss was like, "Yeah, go for it. Do whatever yeah, yeah. you want, man." So was, who is running the UMBC Athletics Twitter? Um, I blank on his name. It was something shy John? What's his role with the team? He's, he's no, media. he's the social media something of okay. UMBC Athletics. Sure. Okay. And my quote actually was going to be that, so he does all of their uh, right. social media. Right, right, right. So he said no matter if it's a, th- a 3 o'clock women's game or a lacrosse game on yeah. Sunday, yeah. he handles the account the same awesome. way. Awesome. So I think that's hilarious. Um, that's awesome though too, yeah. Especially for like a small school like that, like UMBC, not, not a big name. Um, and I also think that being retrievers – I think everyone just loves dogs and specifically <laughs> golden retrievers. Like that's known as like the family dog. A lot of golden retriever memes on on yeah, Twitter. It was that oh nice. yeah, but even so, um, I think not only their success, but also the Twitter account and all this exposure that that school got. Their website crashed that night. Um, 
they made some kind of crazy amount of revenue just based off that exposure. Yep. I'm sure they're selling t-shirts. My dad was like, I got to get one of these. Like, <laughs> I don't think he actually bought it, but I, I don't blame him. And I mean, he did a great job just... I mean, the social media manager, we're complimenting him because he did such a great job to put Hilarious. his team on the map in his own way. And um, that dude deserves a, a pay raise. raise. Yeah. And even my favorite tweet he had wasn't even that funny of one. It, he just linked the um, admissions link, it's the genius. A- a- yeah. application awesome. link. He know, did a great job. Which is it's perfect. It's great. It's free advertising for the school. Yeah. Uh, and I'm sure applications will go up after that. And you're right. I saw the same thing where he linked the uh, admissions. Um, I want to also bring up UMBC's coach, uh, Ryan Odom. He was yeah. uh, he was great. He was composed. Uh, he made it all about his players. Yeah, uh, his dad was a famous college basketball coach uh, throughout the years, Dave Odom. Uh, so he, uh, he he's kind of grown up in college basketball, and I yeah. think it's pretty cool for him to be a part of that he, as well. I think he was the ball boy for Virginia. He yeah, was. So yeah. that was the cool story in the tweet before the game even started, I think. Yeah. And wasn't yeah. one of the players' parents both went to Virginia? Yeah, as well. I, I don't yes. remember which player, but yes, yeah. somebody on UMBC had two cool UVA alums. Yeah, um, it was awesome. But so yeah. I'll, I'll go into my last quote. You're not going to get it. Great. It's great. So, um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so here it is. I just want to thank everyone for the cr- congratulatory messages. When you practice your jump shot as much as I have, you just hope one day it'll pay off. Um, it's the guy who made the buzz beater for Michigan. Okay, so that's what you should think. But it's actually Jordan Peele. Because people Why? were congratulating Why? him because <laughs> oh, the guy who made it was Jordan Poole. Okay. So Jordan Peele took to Twitter That's so to funny. bring up this Michigan jump shot that went in at the end of the game. Amazing shot. So timely. We, we touched on it a little bit. That's funny. Um, and yeah, we'll keep it short. But these were my guys that I said Final Four. But I do think A&M is a really tough matchup for them. They're super athletic. Yeah. yeah. Um, I want a half point for that one, even even though we won. Yeah, no, no, you, no, you definitely do. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah. That was close. I don't feel good about that. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, that, that's pretty funny. But Michigan was your team to make the Final Four. He made a bet in one of our group chats. Uh, one of our friends gave him like 12 to 1 odds on it. But nice. So he's got a like, very, no, good, yeah, very good chance of making some money um, here if all goes well. So, And then another quote that I was maybe going to throw in sure. today. It was actually Jordan Poole talking about after he made that shot. Yeah. He had this thing where he had thought about that before, and he just wanted to avoid the tackling. He ran around, around all over the So court. he's like, I just wanted to avoid everyone and not get tackled. And <laughs> apparently he made a shot like that in high school to win a game, too. Yeah, and I saw a similar thing. For, Practice how you play. Yeah, I saw a similar thing for Jairus Lyles of um, UMBC. He made another game winner or somewhat similar in high school as well that they showed. But also, um, to even get into the tournament, he made a crazy shot to win the America East Conference or whichever one they're in. Yep. And so that started a story for that team before. Yeah, he beat uh, Vermont at the buzzer. Vermont, that's right. And, and they were the one, I think. And Vermont know? was supposed to win that league, and, and Lyles banged that shot down at the buzzer. Uh, what a great it was, yeah, it was It was awesome. It was awesome. Such a short that. run, but such an awesome, yeah. uh, impactful so run. So yeah. just to end, so I got the dub today. Big Congrats, win. six to four. But I, real quick, let's get some predictions for who wins the Sweet sure, 16. let's do it. So I'm going to roll through. We'll go through each game, see, say who we want. So roll I'm thinking. each game. Wow. Yeah, so first one, it's Nevada, Loyola, Chicago. I'm taking Nevada in that one. Um, I'll go with uh, Sister Jean, you know, why not? Loyola, <laughs> Chicago. 
I'm going Sister Jean, too. Yeah. I, the fact that she bet against herself is really... <laughs> no, nah, forget it. They're going to prove her wrong. I saw a quote. I forgot to get it. And it was one of the players like, we're proving Sister wrong. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, that's cool. It's going to be an awesome game. Yeah. Uh, so then we got Michigan, Texas A&M. I got to ride with my hot take. I'm going with Michigan. Um, I like Robert Williams a lot, but I'm going to stick with Michigan as well. I'm actually going to take Texas A&M. It's uh, a smart choice. Their size uh, was dominant yeah. against UNC, so I'm going to roll with them. All right, then we got Kentucky versus Kansas. I'm going to go with Kentucky. I agree Kansas with... Kansas State. Oh, my apologies. Big difference. Yeah, yeah big difference. <laughs> Kansas State. Um, I'm going to agree with Aiden here. I ride with Kentucky. I think they're heating up at the right time. Yep, so I'll take Kentucky. I agree. Kentucky. Yeah. All right, Gonzaga, Florida State. I'm rolling with the Zags. I think this is the year that they finally could potentially make the Final Four in the tournament. Well, so real quick on this one. This is a cool one. Um... I was talking to maybe my dad or somebody about this pattern that's been here for the last few March Madness tournaments. So UNC loses to Villanova two years ago on that crazy Chris Jenkins yep. shot. The next year, UNC goes back to the finals to redeem themselves, beats Gonzaga, who couldn't make their free throws, and that was a close game as well. Yep. Why not this year? Why can't they redeem themselves and keep this pattern exactly. going? I'm going to take Gonzaga. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go Gonzaga too, guys, and I really think it's setting up for a Gonzaga-Kentucky Final Four, which yeah. I think would be an incredible That'd be game. Awesome. That'd be awesome. Um, so now we have Can just Kansas, not right, Kansas right, State. Right, right. Kansas versus Clemson. I'm going with Kansas. I think they're looking good right now. I, I didn't have much confidence in them, but I think that will actually turn out to be a pretty good game. Yeah, I mean, well, what if there's another pattern of a one seed losing every round? and Maybe <laughs> Kansas would be this one, but I'll take Kansas as well. I like them. Yeah. Or bringing up the next game. I'll, so what's your take, actually? On that? <laughs> I'm going to just be different here, guys. Yeah, and, yeah, let, yeah. and let's also keep in mind that Clemson – won their second round game by 31 points. Yeah, that was so fun. they're playing nice basketball yeah. right now. So I'll be different and I'll take Clemson. That's right. um, That's so we, you brought up that one losing. So let's bring up Villanova, West Virginia. Sure. I still think Villanova is the dominant team in this tournament, so I'll take them. But that could also be a tough matchup. I, I love the Press Virginia nickname, and I've watched a few West Virginia games. But sadly, the ones I've watched, they've played some really good teams and haven't shown up. So I'm going to take Nova as well. I think Nova's too skilled and too efficient uh, and too much firepower. Yeah. I'll take Nova. All right, then we got Duke and our boy, Sean Belby, on Syracuse. I, I'm sorry, Sean, but we got to take Duke on I, this one. I hate Duke so much, and uh, to rep Sean, I'll take Syracuse. <laughs> All Why right. Not? Why not? All right. No. I think Duke's playing really well, guys. Uh as much as I hate saying this, because uh, Sean was on today, I'm going to take Duke in that one. All right, and last matchup is Purdue and Texas Tech. Normally, I probably would have taken Purdue, but with Haas' injury, I'm going to go with Texas Tech. Yeah, I thought same. the other big man played well. Yeah. I just don't think it's going to be enough against Texas uh, Tech. Same reasons as you, I'll take Tech as well. I love Purdue in the middle midseason. Uh, I think they have a, a veteran team. They shoot the three well. When Haas went down, I thought that was going to uh, spell doom for them. Yeah. I'll take them in this game, but I don't right. think they're going to beat Villanova. So I was going to say, what a great story that would be for them to get to the Final Four or further without Haas. Yes. I, 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 I it's think possible. He, it's possible. I just think it just takes one less eff uh, really effective guy off the court, um, a less size, you know, five less fouls as well. Yeah. Uh, so I would, I'm going to take uh, Purdue to beat Texas Tech, but then eventually lose to yeah. Nova. All right, so one more prediction for everybody. Who's winning it all? I'm going to go with Duke. Right. I'm going to ride with that. I think Bagley is too dominant, and I really think that they're just going to go all the way. Um, I made a tournament challenge second chance bracket. I don't usually do that, but I thought, why not? I do have Nova beating Kentucky, and I'll stick with that. It's bold, but I'll take it, yeah. Yeah, I, I like that final matchup. I think Nova's going to make it there. Uh, I also like the fact that they're veterans, too. Yeah. Um, so I do think Nova's going to make it. 
part of me wants to be different and, and pick Kentucky because yeah. I think that's what we're going to end up seeing. I think Nova's going to win it all. Yeah, well... I can't wait to see what happens, and we've got probably a few days off and then Easter break to watch the end of it, so uh, can't wait for that. And Coach, thanks so much for coming on the show. Guys, thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun, and uh, enjoy the snow the next couple days. Yeah, thank you so much. Awesome.